Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. You might have noticed I like the Word of God. Yeah? Good. In Romans chapter 13, talks about loving people and loving our neighbor. But we think our neighbor is the unsaved. It's not. According to the Word of God, the neighbor is actually the one sitting beside you. And truthfully, now hear me, folks. This might scare some of you. But we're often kinder to the unsaved than the saved. And this ought not be our witness. Now, that's a great way to start, praise the Lord, a morning. But it's because I want us to wake up. We are to demonstrate the love of God. And that demonstration speaks. Amen? In verse 10, it says, Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. That's in verse 10 of Romans 13. And that... Knowing the time. Knowing the time. Everybody say knowing. knowing. Knowing the time. Do you know what time it is? And not, I'm not talking about 10 past 11. <laughs> well, Jesus is coming soon. I know that time. Well, we're not quite there yet because we know that the gospel hasn't been preached in all the nations. And there are places within nations that it's still not reached. So we have some time. Not a lot of time. But we have some. We've done, the gospel has gone out into many. However, it has not gone into the nation of our inheritance well. What do I mean by that? What do you think I mean by that? It's not coming up in our next generations. In the same way it was with the prophet Samuel, uh, and, and when he came on the scene, there was a problem with Eli and his sons. It hadn't gone into the generation. It hadn't gone into the nation that was in his children. Now, this isn't always the fault of the parents. A lot of talk has been, oh, it's about the, the parents. They didn't do well. Now, we could see, and if everybody lined up, we could all share our weaknesses in parenting skills. And most of the time when we get together, that's what we do. Oh, this is where I failed. Can you relate to me here? Come on. And so these are the reasons, the, the 10 reasons why your family isn't serving God. Well, how about because they had an influence that they didn't understand that was speaking to them and we didn't understand how to deal with it. How about that? How about the fact that the devil's doing his work and we're not doing ours? How about that? It's not about how you raised your children or the mistakes you've made because the blood of Jesus has got a solution for that. Amen? Amen? It's about what we're doing now and the devil's after our kids and he's after this generation have a look but i'm telling you this our voice is bigger and what time is it it's time for us to understand the influence that god has given us it's time for us to grasp hold of the meaning of the voice that god has given us it's time for us to understand influence it's time for us to realize we got a bigger voice and not cuz i'm loud 
It's not about how loud you speak. It's about what you believe about what you speak. We have to know the time. We have to understand it. It's not without our grasp. It is time for us to wake up. It says in, in the King James Version, it's high time. I like that. It's high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Several years ago, as God was stirring in my heart a real missionary spirit that was necessary for this nation, that I've begun to pray and stir and believe for this congregation. If you've been awake at night, hallelujah. I believe in for you to be stirred and that when we've been praying that a missionary understanding, a missionary heart would rise in every one of us. It's time for us to wake up and know who our God is, know who our brother and sister is, love them strong and speak strong and expect the world to notice. Amen. Well, that was a good warm up. Let's go to John. John chapter 10. I like John. Well, I like it all. You get to know that. I just, I like it. I like it. You ever find when you're reading the Bible, it sort of comes alive like a little video? I'm such a visual person that I often look at it that way. And I, I was like, I, I sit there and I think, ooh, it looks like this. What I have noticed is this. As God has changed my heart, my video changed. When I began to see God from the perspective of victory rather than the perspective of survival, what I saw in the word changed. Because so often Christians are like, well, we're just kind of doing it here on earth till we can slide under the pearly grate and get in. Praise God for grace. It's given us some grease and we can just slide right under. We said our confession will make it. I don't want anyone who comes through these doors to feel like they're just going to make it. I want you to have confidence in your God that you're never worried when you go home. Oh, is my salvation secure? And I'm not talking about that wrong kind of security understanding. I'm talking about confidence that comes in knowing that you're dealt with as far as God's concerned. You have been reconciled. Amen. That you have that kind of confidence that you can rest in because that's what primarily keeps us out of mission heart. We don't think we're good enough to share the gospel with someone. And then, well, God helped me here, or he helped me there, or he got me through that bad stuff. But can he help? What if I, I can't think of the right scriptures? Never worry about that. Amen. So let's look at John chapter 10. This is what he's believing for you and I. And we're, I'm going to start at verse 26. He says, but you believe not. He, uh, well, we'll go back to 23. It'll make more sense. Jesus answered them. Who is he talking to? The crazy people that are always trying to put you down like religion. Amen. Religion's got a lot to say, and we need to have some more to say. Their words are small, and, and they're, they're dead seed, really. They try to, you know, they do everything they can to keep them reproducing. So they use uh, strains, and they use laws, and they use rules. That's what religion does. Because it doesn't have a voice of influence strong enough, so it makes rules to try and control people, right? If its voice was strong, it wouldn't need rules. Good morning, everybody. You should write that down and think it over a few more times. Go home, chew on it a little bit. <laughs> if the voice of religion was strong, it wouldn't need rules. Amen. We'll get there. Jesus answered, I told you, 
you believed not. The works I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Because of our survival mentality, we are a little bit nervous about statements like that. We say, oh, well, that's good for Jesus. I can see that Jesus did works, but they had a hard time believing Jesus. They, the religion didn't even believe Jesus. And he's saying, hey, look, you know, you know all the scriptures. You studied them your whole life. I'm doing and I'm living out exactly what you expect. And you still didn't believe me. My life's a witness. So when you've been a witness and you've done everything that you know that God's told you to do and you've had the evidence, Holy Ghost, heaven, harvest, manifested in your life, some people still don't believe. Not your fault. Believing is a choice. And it was theirs and they didn't. And this was Jesus. But are we too nervous to say that when he's in us, the same thing might occur? Are you too nervous to say, I've done my best. I have lived out. I am a witness. My life is a witness. I've done some crazy things. But look at the good things. Look at what we've done right. Can you look yourself in the mirror and say, I did this right. I did this right. I chose well. I didn't always have to do that. Come out of that backwards weakness mentality. Drop off the survivalist, drop off the false humility and come into the place where you can confidently say, I did what God said. Amen. You did. Great song. Oh, praise Jesus. I love that song. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. It was awesome. I told you, and they believe not. That should not weigh or put a weight on your shoulders anymore. But primarily in Canada, it is one of the weights that we often bear. We're just not sure. So we return back to the world. We look at the rules of religion. And we see if what Jesus is doing in our life lines up with the rules of the world, lines up with the rules of religion. We want to check the miracles. Well, we heard about a miracle this morning, and I can tell you that, that at 27 weeks, after six days, they shouldn't be breathing on their own without instruments, without being intubated. Six days. So he was almost 28 weeks and he was breathing on his own. He breathed on his own initially as well. How'd that happen? Oh, well, that was science. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, he screamed. Yeah, everything was working just fine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And he talks a lot. Everything's working just fine. I've heard the story of Josiah, another miracle. I've heard other people. Uh, you can't explain what happened to your feet. The doctors can't explain what happened to your feet, Sekula. The doctors can't explain what happened to my husband. They still look at me and go, I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. They don't understand when he was diagnosed five years with cancer and they, they were expecting him a very short lifespan and without their medical intervention that, that he, he doesn't, he came up negative, 13, 12, pardon me, 12 uh, biopsies and they all came out negative after in October and they had no answer. But the world will try, well, you know, uh, he must have taken something. Well, he didn't have chemo, and he never had radiation. He never had surgery. He just had Jesus and the word. 
That's what healed him. And they're like, well, we want to put that through the science. We, and, and still even, so they keep trying to figure out what's wrong. We get letters from the cancer clinic occasionally. They want to follow up. They want our answers. They want to know what drug we used. Yeah. I'm thinking, you, you still don't get it. I've spoken with the specialist, and he says to me, I, I just don't understand. He, he says, I know, I know what you do. He doesn't want a sermon is what he doesn't want. And <laughs> because he knows. But religion doesn't get it. Because it's not born again. And they're not going to get it. So what happens is this, this words, these rules, these restrictions come into our life and they try to control how the word of God influences us because they have no voice of influence in themselves. So they try to use rules. They try to use science. Well, what are they going to do when this virus is gone? Because it will. It will. What are they going to do with all the people that get well from it? Over 10,000 recovered, but we're focusing on the 71 in hospital. I'm not saying that it was, it was awful to have someone pass away. It hurts. It hurts. But, but this is out of perspective, and partly because they drove it with a spirit of fear. And we can see the evidence of a demonic spirit of fear. That is not the voice of religion. The voice of religion uses natural methods, rules, restrictions. The voice of fear, that's a devil. I tell you that so you can be aware. It's different. We have to understand the voices that speak to us so that we can better uh, pave a way for our generation, the nation within us. Hallelujah. Look, I almost got through one verse. Verse 26, we'll go there. But you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said. As I said unto you, my sheep... Hear my voice, and I know them. I know them. God knows us. It is probably the most precious thing I could even conceive in my life. There's nothing so satisfying, nothing so anchoring, nothing so powerful to know that God gets me. God gets me. He understands me. How powerful is that? We skip over some of these verses sometimes because, oh, they're familiar. We've read them. We've heard them. Perhaps you've heard 5,000 sermons. Well, maybe not. But you've heard many sermons perhaps on my sheep, hear my voice, and another they will not follow. But what about him knowing us? How far do we let that come into our heart? All those times when we may have been facing loneliness. Well, I'm a happy person. I don't understand loneliness. Look at all the people around me who love you. Think I've never had to face loneliness? Sometimes when I've traveled, I don't often travel by myself, but sometimes I do. And it'll be in the middle of the night when you're tired. When you've ministered all day and poured out your heart. And you haven't had time to refill with the Spirit of God. And you wake up at three in the morning. And it's just you in a too hot hotel room or too cold. The air conditioning went on too strong. Or maybe you didn't turn it on. And you wake up. And you look around. One hotel I woke up like that. Smelled like terrible. 
because they'd had a hurricane go through there. Everything smelt moldy. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm not a person who likes footwear, ex- I mean socks and things like that. No, you know, I like my feet, I like my feet out. And so when I walked around the hotel room, because they'd done their best to clean it, it's still from the hurricane that had gone through and the floods they'd had. Uh, yeah, my feet were another color. And yet this was a better hotel. And there I was with my dirty feet, and it's three in the morning, facing loneliness. What you do when you're alone with God is so important. I could have turned on the TV or flipped on the internet or done something like that or looked at Facebook, maybe look at Twitter, but none of those things were going to fix it. I knew in that moment that these are the kinds of moments because I had heeded warnings. Because I had heeded warnings, I knew what I was facing. And instead of getting all moo, 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 I began to pray in other tongues and worship the Lord. And pretty soon it was morning. I fell asleep. (laughs) And I was comforted. Why is it that we don't heed the warning? What happens in us that we don't trust the voice of those who care and love us? I have found in my life, uh, and I've passed this on, and I've repeated it before and spoken it before, the hardest thing that we can ever do to learn from others is to trust their experience. And why do we not trust someone else's experience or warnings? Because we think when we do it, it'll be different. It'll be different for me. No, 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 you don't know. And they'll they'll smile and nod. I know, because I've done it. (laughs) And they're giving you this warning. You know, it'll be like this, it'll be like this. And you're like, (laughs) you don't know me. God knows you. And he sent that person to warn you because he knows you. If we can hear his voice, if we can hear it and trust that he knows us well enough to send righteous voices into our life so that we can heed the warning and we can avoid a deep ditch. (laughs) Having crawled out of some and smelled like the ditch before, I tell you what, heed the warnings when they come. Hear who he sends you. Follow them as they follow Christ. Amen. He said they heard their voice. This is what they were known for. They heard his voice. They heard it. And hearing isn't sounds going by your ears. Hearing is the the occasion when you hear something and something goes in your heart. We've all had things go by our ears. All of us. Otherwise, we'd remember everything that ever happened in high school. You ever remember every lesson? How about when we went to college? There were times that I'm like, it's too early in the morning. And, and, you know, I can remember when I was learning DNA and RNA, and I can remember just going, meow. <laughs> I was like, and later on, there was a test in it, and I was like, help me, Lord. <laughs> I know that I can remember I was early in the morning, and it had been, and I, I rode a motorcycle back and forth to, to school and to college, and, and it was nursing training, and I was riding my motorcycle back and forth. And, and it had been a rough ride, and it had been raining, and, a, you know, it, and we always had to wear a uniform at this, at this phase. Anyway, we were all wearing uniform when we came. There had to be white, white shoes. Everything had to look perfect. And, and after you've worn a helmet on your head, nothing looks perfect, trust me. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm in the wash, and I'm just like, oh, it's a terrible ride, Ed. And I'm like, DNA and RNA, and it's like, it's, it's like sounds are going, nothing's sticking. And... 
I know that that's an experience that happens many times in life. God says things, and we don't hear. Now, the reasons for not hearing is because you didn't have a bad motorcycle ride. The reasons that we don't hear or the sound doesn't enter our heart is because of things that are clouding our heart. What if, what if I make a mistake about the voice of God? What if it's not him? What if this is a devil? What if we're all in a cult? What if the world was right and all my friends are right and this is weird? What about that faith message? You know, I've seen some pretty crazy people. I've seen crazy people on every side of the fence. <laughs> I don't base my life on what somebody crazy does. Amen. Aren't you glad? I don't base it on what someone else did. But where I see the glory of God manifested, where I read it in the word and I see that come out, I think that's a heavenly harvest. I can follow that. When I see not the miracles, but the character, which probably is a miracle. Um, good morning. Or is it afternoon? <laughs> Some of you look like you're going to go to sleep any moment. Um, don't go to sleep. Stay awake. It might, it, it might get good soon. Amen. <laughs> I just roasted. So, and apparently on the stick and spinning. And so we talk about, <laughs> should we give it another whirl? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the barbecue sauce will come later. <laughs> Something spicy, a little bit hot. Amen. <laughs> so the voices of influence, they come to, there, see, you're awake now. Praise the Lord. And this thing comes along and says, don't you believe that word? Don't you believe that word? But here we see uh, the miracles of heaven, the character of God manifest. Haven't you ever been around someone and go, wow, they carry so much joy. Wow, they carry so much peace. No matter what, wow, you know, you walked in their house, it felt like you just entered World War III, but you walked into this house and there's such a peace and sweetness in there. Why is there peace and sweetness in there? Absolutely. Jesus. And I don't know what they're doing, but it's good. Amen. Find out. Ask questions. <laughs> They'll be, you'll like the answer. Amen. Well, maybe. Some people say, oh, how did you get to where you are? Well, you're not going to like the answer. I got messy with God. <laughs> I've talked about getting messy where healing's concerned. What do I mean by being messy? In my particular life, I know what my messy was like. It was like blowing your nose and it, it's nasty and you're crying and, you know, everything's undone. And your, your makeup's down in somewhere else. And I walk home and I've got somebody's face on this shoulder, my own on the other, and something was left on the carpet. <laughs> and that's where God met me, where I left off the caring what others thought, where I just threw myself at the mercy and grace of God, thinking I needed a big fix, but all I needed was to be with him. I just needed his presence. It cured the loneliness. I just needed to be closer to him. Let me say, well, you worship crazy. Well, you know why? Because I'm not thinking about you. <laughs> You're not in my mind at all. <laughs> I mean, I love you, but that's not who I'm worshiping. <laughs> you know, I have a good time. I enjoy it. Lots of times we go places and I'm thinking, praise the Lord. Got to work a little harder and enjoying that. But, you know. <laughs> I 
says, I know them and they follow me, praise the Lord. Now, I notice a lot of you have not followed my dancing, but that's okay. One day we'll follow Betty because she runs. She's a runner. She'd get up, she'd go for a run. And I know she's, you know, well and strong, amen? She'll be leading us in the run. Now, she is not 60. And she can run. But she doesn't run out of her flesh. She runs because the glory of God hits her and she goes for a run. May the glory of God strike a few of you right out of your seat. Bam. Good morning. Look why they follow Jesus. Look, got, look, are we up to four verses yet? Are we counting? Praise the Lord. We'll get there. I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Yeah. You see, because there's a voice out there that's trying to pull you out. And it's time you said, shut up. Amen. Now, that was a very polite way of saying, like, get out of my headspace. Shouldn't be in your head in the first place. Amen. Get lost. We talk about casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This is the place to do it. When it comes along to you and says, oh, you'll never make it. You're just you know, terrible. Look at the mistake. The last time you tried faith, look how miserably you failed. Why is that in your memory block? Why is that the thing that comes up? Why hasn't that been given over to Jesus at the cross? If he heals our pains and he heals our sorrows, why are you holding on to them? Mm -mm -mm. I've had sorrow. I've faced it. I just gave it over and I didn't cling to it. It didn't do me any good. I tried it. It was nasty. It made me feel awful. Anybody else ever felt awful? They're clinging on to grief and sorrow and mourning it? Whoa, that's not a good feeling. It's not. It's horrible. And there you are, whining about it to God. And he's like, well, well, the word of God says I'll take that. But, you know, why are you hanging on? Why are you doing that? He'll turn your morning into dancing. Why do you think I dance? I let it go. <laughs> And I didn't go back and, you know, dig it up after. Well, I'll let it go at church, but when I get home, I can go back and dig. Right? It's dangerous. That, like, you know, you're going to need a mining hat and a bunch of lights and all kind of crazy stuff on your head. That's a deep hole, and you never know what you're going to find in there, and I wouldn't go digging personally because, mm, it's messy. God's not, for, he's forgotten it all. But there you are, digging it up. Here, get a bigger shovel. Telling my nephew last yesterday, I said uh, he was making some jokes about wheelbarrows. I said to to Dory, and I said we don't make jokes about wheelbarrows. <laughs> he laughed. And talking about places we've been. The first time I saw a wheelbarrow in Kenya when we were there, there was someone they couldn't get an ambulance down, and we were just I'd just come in and I was just about to speak, so I and and the microphone wasn't working. And it was a big field, and, and it was just one of those days where things were not quite coming together. And so I had on my bellow voice for the whole field. And just then, everything got silent, and there was a bunch of crying and moaning, and because there was no microphone and speakers working, everybody could hear the moaning and crying. And in, on this trail that was bumpy, they were taking some poor soul out that had gone and passed on to glory. But rigor mortis had set in, so they had her in a wheelbarrow with the legs sticking up in the air and the mourners going along with it. <laughs> and so we all had to pause and watch because it, was, it had the attention of everybody. And, and so I just waited 
They couldn't hear me over the mourners anyway. I asked one of the ministers, shall I go and pray for them? No, he said, she's been dead a long while. I didn't mean raise the dead. I thought just the family, you know. But <laughs> we don't talk about wheelbarrows. <laughs> Life has been full of great memories, amen. We've seen some things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We learn how to get through. And the quicker we hear his voice is the quicker we get up. And we don't have to go through through uh, this whole time heals all wounds. I think it's probably one of my most detested statements that I hear. Jesus does. Yeah, absolutely. God heals it. And, and the moment we let go, it hangs on as long as we hang on to it. Always, always. And what stomps us from moving forward is always in our camp, not his. Amen. So I love this. I love this. So important. Last year, this, this came to me, and it's been such a resonant, powerful word out of 1 Corinthians 14. And so powerful when you're thinking about raising up the generation that is within. And that's that generation that we want to speak to uh, with power because all the programs in the world are just brass in God's hands. It doesn't matter if they call it Christian. It's not saving anybody. It's got to be the truth. It's got to be by the Holy Ghost and power. And this generation's looking for people who are not afraid, who will speak the truth and not bow to crazy. Amen. No bowing to crazy. If it's crazy, we're not bowing. But if it's God, we're in. Amen? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 10. It may, there are, it may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. And that doesn't mean influence. Significance is, means you don't ignore that thing. You don't ignore the voice. How do we know it's had power? Because we're seeing evidence of how people have given it influence. Because it didn't have influence on its own. The only way it got influence is when it was given. They gave it importance. They gave it a priority. They allowed the voice of this world to surpass the voice of the one we're to follow. We've got to rise up, folks. There are voices that are speaking to our generations that need to be silenced. It's not going to happen to us by us going and running around in fear and turning off this TV or turning this off or turning that off. That's not how we're going to shut it off. It's already been loosed. We're going to have to take a different mode in prayer. We're going to have to start believing that the voice we have is greater and give it influence, and demonstrate in our lives those who have heard. And if you've heard, we have to live out our influence and know with confidence that what we're saying changes stuff. Amen. I have a living God inside of me who's supernatural, who does supernatural things. I better see results. Amen. How could it not? How could it fail? How? He cannot. It cannot. What do we believe? So many voices in the world. So many. So many. And we go, uh. And we have allowed them in. And then they've been allowed. And then they've been allowed. But the only influence it had is what we gave it. When we started paying attention to it. When we started giving it an opportunity to get into our heart. Well, you know, what they've said is quite reasonable. Do you want reasonable in your life or do you want God? 
Absolutely. I, I've had enough of that sounds really nice. I want something that's changeable. Well, that's nice. Well, that's good. You know, great. Well, only God is good. I want the great things of God. I want to see them. I want to walk in them. I want to know that, that this is not a waste of time. I don't believe it is. But <laughs> you understand what I'm saying. Who here wants to get up tomorrow and waste all their time? Good. That's a very good, good place to answer yes and amen. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> Isn't it good to know your voice of influence is changing children's lives, that you're appointed and anointed in that school? She's a kindergarten teacher. What a great opportunity to speak into little people's minds. Amen. <laughs> There are many voices out there, and we're going to have to pay a better attention to what we hear because what we hear and what we respond to as believers will be noticed by the others. We, it will be noticed how we respond. It will be noticed what we say about them. And, and God has, has just blessed me in, in many ways that I've been having the opportunity to speak into some people's lives that are in the public realm, dignitaries, and I appreciate that, and I, I thank God for those opportunities, and, and to be able to pray with them and speak into their lives the things of heaven, but I don't let them rule my thought life, or direct me, or influence how I live. At one point, I had some gather around and say, we'll pay all your fees. We want you to run in the election. <laughs> And I said, no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they were sure they had a team that would. We'll, and I said, you don't understand. If something goes against my, my, how I live my life, I couldn't vote for that. I couldn't. I, I have a strong. He says, well, that's why we want you. I said, I see your manipulations, and I'm not going to have a part. I will continue to speak into you if you allow me to, but I'm not getting on that side. I can do more on my side than I can on yours. Because I knew that the voice of God in me was stronger than their voice. See, it doesn't matter how many rules religion makes. It doesn't matter how many rules a government makes. It doesn't matter. What matters is the voice of influence in my heart, in yours. Amen? So verse 10. Many kinds of voices. None of them is without significance. You've got to look at it. You've got to be aware of it. Don't pretend it isn't there and don't run from it. Don't run from it. Deal with it. Deal with it and just get it in the right place. Get it in the right place. Therefore, if you don't know the meaning, everybody should have this if you've been around any time where it says the meaning. Well, I'm not sure what it says in your translation, but that's what it says in King James. That word in Greek is dunamis. It is 1411. That is, I'll tell you, when I found that, I just about jumped out of my chair while I was studying. If you don't know the power, dunamis is power. It's miraculous power. If you don't know the miraculous power of the voice, if you don't get it, if you don't get it, it has the power to change things. He said, if you don't get the understanding, if you don't understand that there's power in this voice, you'll be like a barbarian. You'll be like the rest of them. I don't want to be like the rest of them. I don't want to be going and bubbling through life like I'm stuck in some sort of pinball machine. Amen? Bam, 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 bam. You ever got it in the side? I liked pinball when I was younger. You know, and you get the ball, and it's way up the top, and it's in the little round thing. It's going, and you're like, there are days Christian life felt that way. <laughs> 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 Am I ever going to get this right? 
No one else has ever been there, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I didn't understand the power of God's voice in my life. And when I began to understand it, I realized that, goodness gracious, he's so good, he's going to speak through me. With that same anointing, with that same power, in the same way he speaks, that's what he's calling us to speak. So many things in my life have resonated or came from the fact when God spoke to me. The first time I, I really heard a very clear voice, I was just a young person, and I was in grade one. I was so clear about someone else, and I, I ministered to them. The next time I heard him very clearly, it was a call to go to Kenya, and I was only about nine years old. The next time I heard him very clearly as a voice was when I was just before my 13th birthday, that year that I turned 13, and, and, and it was so clear. It was so clear, and... Then again, in September of 1974, God spoke to me again and called me to full-time ministry. But I always knew. I always knew. No, that's not a whole lot of times, if you think about the years that go by, that God's spoken to me very directly in a voice like that. God doesn't often speak in, in my whole life. Every now and then, he speaks in a very clear. When we were walking into this building, the very first me meeting we had, was Dr. William, and he came here. We, we were just barely in this building, and things were, things were a mess, and we had booked him, but the, the, it was taking extra time to get some of the things done so we could have church here. And as I was walking into the building, the Holy Spirit said to me so clearly, called my name, and I thought, I thought my husband, he was walking beside me. I said, did you say something? He said, no. I'm like, hmm. it was so clear, his voice. Say yes to that man. I thought I haven't met him yet. I walked in the door, and Dr. William was in the green room, and he looks at me and he says, come to Indonesia. And I said, yes. <laughs> he didn't say, hello, I'm Dr. William. Hi, nice to meet you. There was none of that. He said, come to Indonesia. And he looks at me and it was so funny because like both of us, like, and I said, yes. And we were, I said, I don't do that. He says, I don't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the other predominant voices when the Lord said, build a church in Surrey. And here we are. We need to understand when God speaks to us and respond. He's got things to say. And he may not ever speak to you in that kind of way, but he will speak to you. He will speak through his word. Sometimes it's like you're reading the word of God and it just gets bigger. And it's like, wow, did, was the writing always that size? I've heard some people say, it's just like I woke up and this song was in my heart that was scripture. And, and there's many ways that the Lord will speak to you. But whatever way it is, listen and follow. Because that's how they knew that they were believers in John 10. They knew that they were believers because, A, they had believed and received Jesus Christ. But they heard and they followed our follow is our response to what God has said. And that's how the world notices us. They notice how we follow. What did you follow? When they say, oh, this person's a believer or this person's not a believer, what, do they, what are they saying? Are they saying it because you quoted a bunch of things or you're against abortion or you're, uh, you know, uh, saying all lives matter or getting caught up in this or that? Is that how they know? Or they know by your character. They know because when they're with you, they feel an un unexplainable joy. Why is that person always so happy? I've heard several give that testimony. Pastor Neil, 
Somebody came in his office. You're always so happy. Praise the Lord. They noticed something. His character was showing. And that's kind of the right, if any undergarment was ever supposed to show. Because character is like what we wear underneath. And it should show all the time without embarrassment. Amen. Amen. When we understand that the sound of God's voice can be a warning, can be in comfort, love, or teaching, we got to respond. we got to follow it and allow it to do a work in it and in us and in our heart. We must understand the power of the voices speaking to us. We must not allow them to get tossed aside. I understand there have been many prophecies and sometimes there's been so many prophecies in the body of Christ, you can't remember the last one. But the most important prophecy is the confession of Jesus Christ in your heart. That's the most important prophetic word because it's an utterance that came from you that says, I believe. That's a declaration. And simple prophecy is a declaration. And the day that you declare that he is your Lord, oh my. And things should change. Something should take place live inside. But we're so stuck. We're so hurt, so many of us. And if you understood what I said at the beginning, God knows you. And he loves you and he trusts you. And he wants you to know that he knows you. You know, it says in Jeremiah, the heart's deceitfully wicked. And we get in that trip. Well, my heart's no good. But God knows our heart. He knows it. He doesn't just know you. He knows your heart. And when we say things like that, there's this immediate, did I check with Jesus before I came to church? Because there might be some bad motive in there. Oh, he knows our hearts. He discerns our motives. And we flip it from the survival point. Have I done enough in my heart to slide under the door? Well, God knows your heart. And before he formed you in the womb, he knew you. And he trusted you enough to put his things in you. And if he knows you, and if he understands you, and he knows your heart better than you do, he trusted you to put good stuff in there. It's not all about the negative. He knows you inside. And he likes you. Think about that for a moment. It's glorious. God knows your heart and trusted you with his stuff in it. It's because he saw the end. I said, well, I'm going to put that in there. I know it'll work. I'm putting this in there. Oh, I know they'll carry it. I'm putting this in there. Isn't that wonderful? powerful. Let's look at it from his perspective instead of our bent, broken one. As I woke this morning and I was praying for people, thinking about the great voice, how it's kept me, how it's guided me, how it's got me up sometimes when I didn't want to. We all have those days. Everybody does. I'm so grateful for so grateful. And I have this question that I want to ask you this morning. Will you stop being mad at God 
for something that somebody did to you or didn't do. And I knew when I arose with that question that some people haven't trusted God for healing, haven't trusted God for his instructions or directions. It's been hard. It's been hard. But if you'll stop being mad at God, stop blaming him, some of the healing that's been delayed will come. Sometimes people have done you wrong, absolutely. It's not always about what you did wrong. Just don't blame him for it. You need to, it sounds funny, but forgive God. Where you've been mad. Why didn't it go this way, God? I can't answer that. But what I do know is that he loves me and he loves you. And I haven't always understood his instructions. But when I was able to step back and take myself out of the equation, I saw much better. I saw much better. Today I stand as a person healed, having known pain like I didn't think I'd ever know. Supposed to be in a wheelchair at 35 and have all kind of operations, degenerative disc disease. As you can see, I'm quite active. I have an x-ray that says, no abnormality seen. I've, I've repeated it several times in my life and shared that testimony. It wasn't always easy. Sometimes it was messy. Sometimes the pain was really bad. I remember how the anointing would come so that I could get up and bring a message and obey God. And the pain would be gone from the moment I got into prayer that morning until I get back home. And then when I got home, the mantle of an anointing would lift and I'd be back in my body with pain so bad that even sitting still, my palms would sweat. The pain was so bad. But I kept believing God and I kept speaking the word of God and I kept standing in the word of God. And I'm healed. I'm healed. You can trust his voice. But we got to stop being mad at God for things not going the way we thought they would. When we don't understand the voices, the disappointments, the pains, the things we didn't understand, they try to come up and talk to us. But remember, it's just an echo of yesterday. And we don't live by echoes. We don't let them speak to us today. And I noticed this. An echo is never really a pure voice. It's always distorted. Always. I don't remember the past accurately. But I remember his touch. I remember the words he's spoken. So precious. So keep him. And I remember he's always been good to me. And wants to be good to you. So this morning. As we come to this place. Some of you have been very angry. Things didn't quite go. I've never seen anger like I've seen in the young generation. Waiting for something miraculous. 
But it's time for us to respond to his miraculous. It's time for us to follow. We've heard the words. Some of you, even from the beginning we started today, God's put calls on your life that are stirring. I believe in for it. It's time we reached others and didn't allow our past and our mistakes to affect how we live each day. Let's glory in what is happening now. The word of God says to glory in our tribulations, but not at them. It means no matter what's going on, we're not losing our focus. No matter what we may be walking through, God is still on the throne. And we're not just like waiting for him like to give us a bypass coronary, you know, because he's got to fix our hearts so bad we're waiting for some sort of, you know, thing to happen in there. God is doing wonderful things. And he's expecting us, every one of us, to walk in his glory. Then hold it back. Amen? So I'm going to pray for you this morning. God is in you. His voice is pure. And when the Lord said, keep praying for miracles, keep praying for the sick, keep, keep praying because faith is rising in the people. Faith is rising. And what does it matter if you had to hear the word that the Lord is your healer uh, uh, 15 times in one day? What would it matter? What matters is that you receive your healing. What matters is you don't listen to the other voices. What matters is that you take it. What matters is what you do today. Let's not sit back in wait mode anymore. Amen? God's anointing will work. He destroyed every yoke. It has no business being on anyone's shoulders. Amen? Hallelujah. Why don't you stand upon your feet? Now I'm going to start praying for you. Hallelujah. First of all, Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for those who are watching and those who are here today who have been waiting for a stirring again. For all the places inside. They thought, some of you just, had thought you were missed the timing somehow. That somehow there was a delay that you couldn't explain. And, and feeling like you're just in the wrong and, and out of sorts somehow. You got out of sync with the Holy Spirit and his timing. Father, I thank you today that the Holy Spirit just ministers and washes all of those restrictions and rules right out. Amen. Right out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for those of you called to this place. For this time. For this time when you're rising up your people. This time when you're rising up in strength. This time, Shikata. This time, Parent. For the gifts that you've placed inside of them to arise. The gifts. The callings. The places, some of you have got places that God's been speaking to you specifically about that you'll go. But you've known you've needed an anchor. You've known you needed a, like a home base, I heard the Lord say, a home base. 
And if you'll hear it and know how to settle, it'll become solid and you'll have a great launching pad for what's coming. Some of you have felt pressure and wanted to jump. But if you'll hear his voice, you'll be in his time. His voice will keep you in his time. And you won't be in a hurry. You'll be led. And you'll know when to pursue hard. You'll feel that thing. Okay, now's the time. I need to make a stand. I need to, I need to make this clear. I need to make it clear. I need to make it clear. You'll know the days of war. And you'll know the days of peace. You'll know them. You'll know them. They'll be clear to you. You'll know them. And you'll know what to say and what to pray. Oh, you'll know. You'll know it'll be solid in you. It'll be settled. Settled. Some of you have run so hard so long. And you've been wondering, when, when, God, when? The settling will get you in the time. And you'll be at peace. You'll know his voice because it'll contain his character. He's not here to condemn. He's here to send. He's not here to condemn. He's here to send. He's here to send. And we thank you for it. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your sending. We thank you for the things that Father put inside everyone here. We thank you for those things. We thank you that when you were forming each of us, you knew exactly what you were doing. Oh, we thank you. Just begin to thank him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I know some of you are in pain today. Not a lot, but a few of you are in a lot of pain. The Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows. Somebody's watching even online, and they're, you're in so much pain even watching. Father, I thank you. I thank you that no matter what happened, no matter what they've done, that they feel so constrained by their mistakes that may have caused their uh, physical illness to come in their life, that your blood is more than enough for that. Hallelujah. We issue forgiveness today. We say you're forgiven. We declare it. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. You're forgiven. Let the healing flow. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, we know you, Jesus. We know. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. 
You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.